On this edition of the ShishMed podcast, we visit with Stephen Strong, the Director of Digital Marketing at Northwestern Medicine, and that happens right now. And we are back with the ShishMed podcast, Rapid Insights for Healthcare Strategy Professionals in Planning, Business Development, Marketing, Communication, and Public Relations. I'm Bill Klaproth. And in this episode, we revisit a highly rated session from ShishMed Connections 2018, Life After Relaunch, Renewing Your Website Strategy for Digital Customer Engagement. And with me is Stephen Strong, the Director of Digital Marketing at Northwestern Medicine. Stephen, welcome to the ShishMed podcast. Thank you for having me. You bet. Stephen, we start every episode of the ShishMed podcast with rapid insights, one quick tip someone can use to make their marketing better today. Okay, Stephen, give us your rapid insight. One of the biggest challenges we have in digital is you can measure everything all the time. And often we don't uh, always understand what we actually want to measure. So from a digital marketing standpoint, my recommendation is really clearly before you begin a campaign or a marketing effort, define and understand the goals you want to measure and what specific data you want to collect to measure that. And just as importantly, define who is responsible for actually capturing that data and, and coming back with the measurement results. That is a great rapid insight understand your goals and data measurement before you start the project. Stephen, thank you so much. All right, so let's jump into this. Can you first give us a brief rundown of your presentation at ShishMed Connections 2018? It was titled Life After Relaunch, Renewing Your Website Strategy for Digital Customer Engagement. Give us the quick overview. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I attend a lot of digital conferences and, and healthcare conferences, and there's a lot of presentations I found on how to make a website and, and the process for, for handling a website redesign project or, or uh, re relaunch project. But I, but I really had not found anyone uh, really educating on what to do after you launch. And having lived through a major site redesign and relaunch here at Northwestern Medicine and living through the year after that launch, I thought it would be great to bring some learnings and insights into how to manage that. So I put together a step-by-step -step approach starting with month one and then the next two and three months, four to six months and so on, really kind of walking through my life after relaunch for an entire year and all the different areas that uh, we addressed and uh, the, the processes we put in place in order to ensure by the end of that first year, we had greatly improved the site we'd launched and we were well well tuned for year two to, uh, to continue to grow and enhance it. So mapping it out month by month uh, can keep you on track, but then you did various road shows as well and collected a lot of feedback. So how did you prioritize that? Absolutely. I love my road shows. I'm sure we'll talk about a couple of them um, right now. But I, uh, you know, it's funny, you spend two years sometimes on a relaunch project and it's launch day and it's pretty much the team feels like they put someone on the moon and it's live and there's high fives. And then day two comes around and your inbox is full of feedback from everyone in the organization who's now seeing the live new, new website. And so the first month, we pretty much spent our time just collecting feedback across the organization from leadership, from physicians, uh, from, from other staff. And, you know, the, the first part of that was uh, setting up feedback channels. So we had a lot of different ways people could submit feedback on the website and having tools in place to aggregate that. And uh, by doing 
doing that, we were able to really collect all the feedback. Some we, we acted on right away, but, but most of it we collected. And we were able to prioritize based on the volume of feedback in certain areas, like find a doctor or our physician profile pages or other content sections of the website. So some of it was just based on volume, what were the most feedback and, and often complaints, to be honest, coming from. Um, but then it also gave us a way to bring that to senior leadership to say, of everything we've heard, here's where the main focus is and, and the main volume. And that's why it's uh, going to be our, our first priority for the first few months of, of life after relaunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new website high doesn't last very long, does it? It does not last long, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and that's kind of was our first roadshow. So we were People were proactively sending us feedback, but we also put together what I called a listening roadshow. And myself and some of our senior leadership in, in the marketing group, um, over two months, we had uh, 50 meetings, 50 separate meetings with physician groups, looking at the website, collecting their feedback. So anywhere from chairs and chiefs of service lines all the way down to um, different employed physician groups. And you know, by, by the third meeting out of 50, we were hearing the same uh, feedback and, and sometimes complaints time over time. And that also gave us a really good understanding of like, oh, if we fix these five things, we're going to uh, resolve uh, concerns and issues across a large portion of the physician community uh, at Northwestern. And and so that also was really a great way for us to show that here's where we need to focus our energy and, uh, and, and our time. People want to be heard. So I can see where a listening roadshow would be really valuable. And people get a chance to give their opinions and their thoughts and feel like, hey, I'm a part of this. They're listening to me. This is great. They're not. They're just not shoving it down my throat. Hey, here's your website. See ya. You're like, hey, how can we make this better, right? What <laughs> do you think of this? Where I would imagine this was really important to you. And like you said, you knew what was coming by the time you got to the end of it. And that was probably really good info for you to know, okay, these really are the hot spots that we need to pay attention to. Absolutely. And, you know, and it really forged great relationships. Um, so going forward, as we established priorities, I did my second roadshow was a priority roadshow. So took all the feedback and said, you know, in, in a very concise presentation, here's our areas of focus for the next six months and could bring that back sometimes in person, sometimes, you know, by email. But say we heard you, here's what we're addressing. And again, like I said, the majority of feedback was consistent. So the, the same priorities giving back to those groups, everyone felt, and we were listening to them, but felt like it was fine-tuned to them as well, which was, which was nice for us. Okay, so first you did the listening roadshow, then you did the priority roadshow to go over that feedback that you got at first. So what was the next roadshow? So the next roadshow um, was a little bit later. So we spent the next, so that month two to three was really listening and, and priorities. And then month four to six was just getting work done. And so, you know, that was, we got our priorities. We need to get focused on that. We need to start showing progress. And so um, through month six, I would say, was just a lot of behind the scenes work. And we asked people after after we received the feedback in groups, you know, give us a little bit of time, give us a couple of months. We need to address this. And, and they, you know, to some extent, um, were, were slow down their feedback. They knew that we were on top of it and it was matching what, what, what their priorities were. And so month six to eight uh, was when we started able to launch some of those bigger initiatives. And and for me, it's all about, I tell my team, we need to get credit for our progress. We need to get credit for actually addressing and, and, and making improvements. And so I put together what I call a progress roadshow. That was my number three one, which was going back out to a lot of the same groups, leadership committees, and showing progress. So here's what I said were the priorities a few months ago. And look what's launched, or look what's almost ready to launch. Um, and, and that also gave a very good feeling of 
confidence with those groups that we were addressing it. And, um, you know, uh, two years later, um, everyone feels very confident that if, you know, we say we're going to improve something that will do it. So I don't have to do quite as frequent of these road shows, but uh, I, I think getting credit for your work in, in, in a way that demonstrates your, your addressing concerns and, and making progress is really important. And, uh, and that really helped uh, really prove that uh, the time we spent listening was, was well, well worth it. Yeah, so this really helped you prioritize the post-launch projects. First, so you listened, then you went back, you found the priorities, you worked on those, and then you came out and said, okay, here's where we're at now, here's the progress we made from the Listening Roadshow, correct? And then what was the next step? The last one was, uh, for me, the most fun. <laughs> Not that the other ones weren't fun, but they were definitely necessary. Uh, my, my final roadshow for that year was, was near the end of, the, of that year, and that really was setting up our year two strategy and our, our year two priorities. And what we were able to do is uh, address a lot of the initial concerns with the site for over the first, say, eight months. And that gave us some breathing space. And, and for me, for year two was, here's what digital marketing's priorities, here's what my digital team's priorities are for the, for the site. Site. And we, we were able to take it out of just maintenance and improvement mode, which is really what we did a lot of the first year, and really into what I call evolution mode. And evolution mode is doing the things no one's asking for, but we know is right. So how do we evolve the find a doctor search experience? How do we evolve um, content and content experience beyond just static text? And so year two for was, was really, um, really pushing the website and, and, and pushing our functionality into areas that, again, no one was really asking for or expecting. But once we then did another Progress Roadshow later on year two, and we were able to call out all these great innovative um, areas that we were able to implement. And, and a lot of it is because we had the confidence from, from the organization that uh, the site was in much better shape and it was okay to start uh, moving on to, to these areas of, of focus. Okay, that was really good stuff, Stephen. So as you prioritize your post-launch plan, one, listen, find out what the priorities are, show the progress, and then strategize for the next step for the website. Is that right? That is exactly right, yes. And I could see where those last two roadshows, progress and strategy, could be ongoing for future evolution of the site. Absolutely. And, and, and the nice thing is we set kind of a cadence and an expectation that every year we're going to come back with, with similar updates and, um, and, and, and future goals. And it's something the organizations, I would say, gotten used to and expecting. And, and it allows us to be a little bit more bold each year and, and ideally ask for a little bit more budget each year to support that. And um, I would say now we're near three of the, of, the, of the current website, and we have a pretty good track record for, for doing that. So, Stephen, let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. Having your own roadshow sounds like a lot of fun, but <laughs> how did you do this? Did you have a spreadsheet? Did yep. you go every Monday? Did you go once a month? How did you do this for someone listening just so they have an idea of what you did? Sure. So the, the initial who do we talk to is who's complaining and what's their job <laughs> title. So total, to be totally honest. Okay. So, you know, it's like, all right, we're definitely meeting with that group now. And uh, and and then we're going to hit uh, we're going we're gonna to present to other groups at, at similar leadership level. Um, you know, it's funny. Once we started doing these roadshows, 
the inbound requests started growing once people heard we were doing them. Um, other groups were like, oh, we want it too, we want it too. And, you know, we're a rapidly growing health system, mostly through acquisition. So, you know, we're predominantly home base initially was, was downtown Chicago. We're now um, acquired hospital systems in the north and west suburbs. So, you know, we've, we've not just have a lot of groups to meet with. We have a lot of hospitals and, uh, and mileage to cover. So um, often it was starting with which groups are soliciting feedback directly. And, and then we were able to say, oh, these are the types of groups we're having good conversation. We need to now meet with other groups like that and, and ask to meet with them, even if they're not asking. And so, you know, that, that really kind of formulated it. The other uh, thing we did is we, we, another approach we took was we found leadership in each region and we created really a small steering committee of regional presidents, chief medical officers from, from our, our regional hospitals. And we would be able to get together with them as a core team and say, we need guidance. Here's some of the issues hearing, here's what we want to communicate, who else should we talk to, and, and really taking their guidance on, on the right groups to go meet with was very helpful. You became a rock star. People were requesting you. <laughs> when, when did Stephen right. come to talk to me? Here we go again. Get that PowerPoint. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go one more time. Let's do it again. So I want to shift into what you were talking about, future goals and strategy and making a case for ongoing investment. It sounds like the strategy roadshow and the progress roadshow is great to go to the higher ups in the company going, we strategized this component, help us get there. So what I'm looking for is how do we build a business case for sure. ongoing investments in digital programs? Sure. I, you know, I, I think very frequently, Digital teams will just resort to technology updates. Oh, this new technology is out. Oh, there's this new tech thing. And, and I think technology improvements can be part of that. And, um, and it's always, I call it, sounds like the sci-fi part of digital. But, um, you know, for, for me, it, it was really getting a better understanding of how can digital, specifically the website in this case, how can it support broader initiatives? And so, you know, one of the easiest ways to justify um, expansion and, and, and budget is tying into a, a a bigger business uh, business project or a bigger biz business initiative. So, for instance, our quality group here um, was doing a lot around transparency for doctor ratings and reviews, so Prescani reviews um, that, that come through from patients, and a lot of internal uh, uh, awareness and transparency, creating custom reports for physician groups and individual physicians on their scores and ratings that, that came back from the surveys. And we said, oh, well, you know, we could easily put those, not easily, but we could definitely put those on the website on physician profiles. Um, that's an extension of a program already going on, but we need budget and some project management support because um, it's not just a digital effort and, and, and much more than just a digital team can tackle. And uh, because it was an initial ongoing effort and, and had support at the, at the senior level, uh, we were able to get that. And so we launched ratings and reviews for, uh, I believe, we're over 1,500 uh, employed physicians on our website launched at the end of last year. And um, there was other health systems, obviously, who do that, but it's still fairly new. And, and that was, for us, a very progressive, almost uh, emerging technology type type effort to, to implement that if we were just trying to do it on our own and convincing the organization to let us put doctor ratings and reviews on the website probably would not have gone very far. So I think if you can tie into and identify larger initiatives that digital can support, um, you're almost along for the ride, both from a, from a budget standpoint and a, and a leadership acceptance standpoint. Really good tip. So look to tie into a bigger business initiative when you're looking to uh, invest in those digital programs. That's a really, really good tip. So when it comes to staffing, Stephen, can you talk about your staffing models for content and then technology governance? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, content, content's a volume play. It's your staffing needs to equate to the amount of content uh, requests and, and and updates and changes coming in. And one of the things we do is all of our inbound requests. So my, my content management team is, is within my department. So I have a team of six uh, who do nothing but keep content up to date on, on, on our main website, enum.org, and, and some of our secondary public websites, but, but mostly enum.org. And their job is just really to, to keep content updated um, based on all the requests. We have over 8,000 web pages. You know, we get a couple hundred requests a week for little changes to larger ch- updates. And so the easiest way to justify the staffing needed for that is to keep track of the requests. So we use Workfront is our uh, project management tool. Every request that comes in from any part of the organization gets funneled to a, a, one of our project managers who logs it into Workfront. And Workfront allows us to track the request who requested it what progress when it goes live so we can go back and notify that requester that it's live um, and we can run reports on it so I can easily run a report for management. Here's how many requests we received for content in the last week or the last month or functionality changes. And once you show that you're receiving a couple hundred requests, um, if not more a month, then, you know, just find the staffing to keep up with it. For me, at least, this has been fairly, fairly easy. Um, we also tend to bring in contractors as as I would say short-term support, and all of a sudden they've been here for eight months, ten months, because the, the the demand is continually there. And that's another way for me to say, look, this is absolutely um, a, a necessary role. Can we convert that contract position into full time? And and generally, I would say it takes a while, but but that's worked pretty well for me as well. Right, that makes a lot of sense. So let's turn to digital patient experiences. Tell us about the role of measurement and testing in improving digital patient experiences. Yes, we rely a lot on measurement and testing. So even in year one, um, around month four to six, uh, so the site had been live for about three months, um, we have two types of measurement and and that we proactively do, and then analytics. So I'll start with analytics. So as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, that you can measure everything in the digital space, especially website statistics, Google Analytics, those types of reporting. And the problem is you generate these massive reports of usage data, and nobody knows what to do with it. Nobody wants to go to those meetings to see that presentation. Nobody knows what was actionable and where focused. So we, uh, in month four to six, we created a dashboard of here's the most important parts of website usage. We want to track total visitors, how many are coming from mobile, find a doctor search usage, doctor profile usage, find a location usage and in, in location information, um, service line consumption, page consumption. So we, we defined um, a specific set of data points we wanted to track month to month. And that really became our analyst story. So I could say show physicians that find a doctor usage was increasing and physician profile usage was increasing. No, oh, by the way, over half of your profile traffic's coming from Google searches directly to your profile page, not even using the website. So that was able, I'm a big fan of creating data stories, which is based on the data you're seeing, kind of what does that data tell you? And that allows you to either um, really prove effectiveness of, of the site usage or at least show areas that we want to focus on to improve. Um, but then from a test standpoint, uh, we implemented two types. Uh, A-B testing, which is um, real-time on the website. So we're, we use Sitecore and allows you to, to do a testing. So for instance, on mobile, the mobile version of location pages, so a hospital page or urgent care page, you know, where should we put the phone number? So we track click-to-call is one of our analytics that we measure how many people are clicking to call um, off the website if they're on their mobile phone. So the mobile page is obviously important for click-to-call. And so we had ideas we should move the phone number 
up to the top of the page or change it to a purple button or reword, um, call this number versus just a number. So we had a lot of hypotheses. So what we did is we set up A-B testing, which is we had the current version of a phone number and then three other options. And when you came to the website, depending on when you came, you'd see one of those four. And so 25% of the people coming to the site would see one of those versions. And we just let it run for a month and said, all right, which got the most clicks and what, um, you know, without decreasing uh, request an appointment button clicks. So we had some comparison and we found option number three worked best. And so we just switched every location page to option number three and didn't even ask permission from the organization because we felt we had a, a data point with, with A-B testing. So I think A-B testing is really good for testing smaller changes and hypotheses. Um, if you can have analytics to show you who won, basically. Um, and then separately, when we're doing major, larger functionality updates, like changing uh, some of the find a doctor searches or adding, uh, expanding open text search to not just typing doctor names, but specialties and clinical interests, for instance, uh, we wanted to test those changes before we launched them to make sure the usability was there. So um, we did some quick one week online usability testing with user, usertesting.com as, as, a, as, a, as a vendor. And we're able to test out these changes prior to launch and tweak them if, if we found there were usability issues. And then we we went to management and leadership and said, oh, here's a change we're making functionally. Don't worry. We tested with consumers. We made some change tweaks. This is, this is the best option. Again, removing, uh, removing doubt or, or providing confidence that you know, we're making changes. And doctors love data, so we're making changes based on data points, not just based on kind of our hunch. Um, so, so those two really, really help with, with the kind of quicker uh, updates to the site with, without, uh, without too many roadshows, to be honest. <laughs> So let me ask you this. In post-launch, how important is measurement and testing? To you, it sounds like vitally important. I'm thinking yeah. some people may say, I'm not going to spend all that money in testing and the measurement. My website is up and it looks cool, and I can see in my Google Analytics it's performing. <laughs> to you, though, measurement and testing, is this something everyone really should consider and put a plan in place for? I, I do feel that way. I, you're 100% correct. And, you know, part of it is to uh, really provide guidance into where to focus. We talk about priorities. So where do you focus your energy? Um, there's nothing more painful than doing a usability test. And this thing, this, this functionality or, or this content you thought was very easy to, to to consume and navigate or use, all of a sudden you find none of the none of the none of the uh, consumers or the test subjects can find the button to click, and you're like, "It's right there! What do you, it's right there!" And <laughs> and and you're like, "Oh no, nobody saw it!" So you're like, "We need to fix that." And so it takes the guesswork out of it, and 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 you know, again, working in healthcare, a lot you got a lot of opinions, and nothing, and especially with our physicians, which is awesome. I love I love passionate opinions, but to have the data points, why are we doing it this way? Or you uh, you know, physician think it should be done differently. Well, based on user, user testing with consumers or based on the analytics, we know this is the right path. That often um, shortens that conversation and then they accept it. They may not agree with it, but at least it, it's more than just you know, my professional opinion. And so I, I do think do, setting up, you know, you don't have to do it every week or, or every every month per se, but having a, a regular cadence set up and, and knowing what you want to test and, and changes you want to make really can make your life easier over time. So besides not measuring, not testing, what do you think some of the other mistakes are that people make after relaunching the after website? Yeah, I, I think it's really getting stuck focused on the short term. So um, maintaining and improving your website based on feedback, as we mentioned, is, is, is a big part of a, a relaunch and, and, and something that you need to be prepared for. If you're only stuck in that mode, however, you're just 
making what you currently have better um, and eventually you'll run out of space. So I, I think, as I mentioned, the strategy roadshow um, and really strategically looking at what is year two and, and what do you as a, as a digital team or digital marketing team feel is important to focus on. If, if you're not spending some of your energy looking forward in the future and, and, and looking to expand the site in areas that no one's asking for, then you'll have a fine website that, that everyone internally is happy with and probably does meet con consumer or patient needs. Uh, but you won't be pushing it into an area that um, can competitively provide you with a, a much better website compared to competitors. Um, or over time, you'll have physicians and leadership being like, oh, the, it's been three years. Like The website looks the same like launch. What's going on? And you're like, oh, wait, I, I've been doing everything you've had. You know? um, and and I, I think there's an expectation that, that the digital team shouldn't just be maintaining a site, but, but evolving it. And if, if you get too stuck on just the, 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 the short-term asks, then uh, you'll never get to the evolution. And so you need to really proactively push yourself to do that. Really, really good advice. And it sounds like that strategy roadshow really comes in handy at, when you're at that point. Yes, it, and it sets the tone that that's our job in digital is to, to really be proactively thinking about these areas. And, and it's very much appreciated um, and, uh, and that type of thing. So I, I do think, you know, having a strategy roadshow forces you to come up with a strategy, <laughs> which focuses you to focus on beyond the day-to-day. -day. And, and it's nice saying, oh, God, it's, here it comes. It's, it's June and July. They're ready for it. I better, better, we better get together and figure it out. All right. Final thoughts, Stephen. Life after relaunch, renewing your website strategy for digital customer engagement. Any final thoughts on that at all? You know, I, I, I do think year one is just as important as the, the year or two leading up to the launch. And I, I do think, and hopefully through this approach, um, it, it, it's fairly structured. And it worked for us. I kind of almost made it up as we went along, to be honest, and reflecting on your one, I'm like, oh, these, these actually worked out. So I, I do think if, if you take a month-by-month -month approach in the first year, uh, by the, the end of that first year, you should be in pretty good shape moving forward. Um, and at least it shows uh, those outside of the digital team that at least you had a process and approach. Hey, Stephen, thanks for your time. This has been a lot of fun. So uh, when's the uh, book coming out? Come on. <laughs> the Digital Roadshow. Digital Steven road strong. shows. Come on, this is going to be great. <laughs> it's not a book tour, it's a road show. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, thanks so much for your time again. We no really problem. I, I really do appreciate it. If you'd like to get a hold of Stephen, email him at stephen.strong at nm.org. you got to wait for those drums, man. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot strong at nm.org. And to listen to full sessions from this past year's conference, go to shishmed.org slash education and click on virtual conference. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure to share it on your social channels and be sure to check back soon for the next Shishmed podcast. This has been a production of Dr. Podcasting. I'm Bill Klaproth. See ya. See ya.